Welcome to Empowered Birth, Love, and Life. I am your host, Emmy Robin. I am a certified birth and postpartum doula, childbirth educator, and breastfeeding counselor. And I hope that by listening to this podcast that you feel empowered going forward in your journey with your upcoming birth, your relationship, or life as a new parent. So let's get started. Hello. We got a Q&A today. Hey, hey, I just may rhyme a little for you. Um, this one is all about baby questions. I've been getting lots of baby questions. Of course, that's where a lot of our uncertainty and fear is. I do find that, you know, tapping into labor and birthing is very instinctual. And then breastfeeding and just being a mom, there's just so much worry. And I feel like because there is a lot of information out there and, um, you know, I'm about to give you a little more, but, you know, you can always take whoever's advice you want with grain of salt and take a little bit from this person and a little bit from that person and then go off of instinct. And um, so I just hope to give you confidence and empower you and let you know that everything is normal pretty much, um, you know, unless it's not normal. But most of the time people are texting me like, oh, my God, this is what's going on. And my response is, that's normal. <laughs> so that's really why I like to do these Q&A questions because I do get asked some really great questions. And, um, they're not just questions that, you know, appeal to one person. It's usually very common questions that I get asked quite a bit. So we will start with the first one. My baby is about 12 weeks old, constantly drooling and tons of hands. Whoa. Okay. All right. There's a motorcycle that decided to go by, uh, constantly drooling and always putting their hands in their mouth. Tons of mucus in their poop. Is this normal? Yes. Around 12 weeks. They call it pre-teething. Everyone thinks their baby starts teething at three or four months. They don't start teething. It's like pre-teething. So they are exploring things with sensations in their mouth. Um, This is where you would start getting teething toys, uh, things for them to chew on. Uh, I mean, by all means, some babies can have teeth that pop at three, four months, but most of the time the first teeth aren't going to pop until like six or seven months. Um, you know, it's biologically normal when they're usually crawling on all fours and eating solid foods. It's just like, you know, that's when their body is like, Hey, time to have teeth so that you can break up food. Um, but they will put their hands and their feet. It is the cutest thing (laughs) in their mouth constant. And they're constantly drooling so much drool. So this is where like bibs come in cotton, like get yourself some really cute bibs to put on their onesie around their neck so that you're not constantly changing your baby's onesie because otherwise the neck of your baby's onesie is going to be so drenched in drool. Um, super normal super, super normal for 12 weeks. Um, and then the mucus in the poop that is from swallowing so much drool. So then their poop becomes like kind of slimy and mucusy, like tons of mucus in their poop. And that's just from them swallowing all the drool because their salivate salivatory glands are going, going, going. And like I said, they're just, they're putting their hands, their feet, 
little toys, anything they can get a hold of, they will put in their mouth. Um, your hair. <laughs> this is why I do the mom chop. Uh, babies love to eat hair. And so, yeah, that's super normal. Drooling, hands, feet in the mouth, and mucus in the poop. All of that is normal around 12 weeks. Uh, next one, also about pooping. <laughs> My baby is not pooping. Well, has only gone two days. Is this normal? Doesn't seem uncomfortable, but I'm worried. How do I know if they're getting enough? Well, this is a great question because I'm always asked, how do I know if I'm producing enough if I'm not pumping for a bottle? Well, breastfed babies, exclusively breastfed babies, do not necessarily poop every day. They don't necessarily poop every other day. That is not necessarily a sign that they are getting enough or not getting enough. You look at their diapers. You look at their wet diapers. So you want a baby to have at least six to eight wet PP diapers. That means that they're getting hydrated. If they're getting hydrated, they're obviously getting the nutrients from your breast milk. So they are getting enough. If they are not screaming, crying and having a fever, or if they are not so sleepy that you can't wake them up, like that's a sign of low blood sugar, right? Like there's the newborn sleepiness, but then there's like so sleepy, like baby will not wake up ever to eat. That's a sign that they might have low blood sugar. So that's why you also keep them every two to three hours feeding them, especially at nighttime, guys. We don't want to sleep train babies, especially before four months. Um, you know, they need to biologically eat every two to three hours for their blood sugar regulation. You are regulating their blood sugar. So anyways, um, you know, not pooping. You can even, this is the one time I will give you permission to Google. <laughs> You can even Google it. Sometimes a breastfed baby can go 10 to 14 days without pooping. What? Now, if their belly is distended and hard and they are screaming and they seem like they're in pain, different story, you know, um, definitely take them to their pediatrician. But usually them not pooping is going to coincide with a growth spurt. They're going to use all of that breast milk. So um, I don't know how old this lady's baby is. I should have responded. Um, I'm going to assume two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, or 12 weeks, or 16 weeks, or seven months. You know what I'm saying? Well, in seven months, they should be pooping a little bit better because they're on solids. And when they start solids, that's a whole nother thing. You definitely want to make sure they're drinking some water, like three to four ounces a day of water on top of your breast milk. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on how old your baby is and why they're not pooping. But if they are exclusively breastfed, that is totally normal to not poop every day. So I hope there is a mom listening in her car right now that just took a nice sigh of relief um, or sent this to her friend because her friend's like, my baby hasn't pooped in two days. I don't know what's wrong with her, but she has a bunch of pee-pee diapers. Well, then that means everything is great. So just keep going. Um, all right. Next question. This is going to be a short, short, easy episode, mainly because my husband has the baby on her and she doesn't sleep very long and the toddler is entertained with a puzzle. <laughs> um, my baby is still under four weeks. 
I don't want to give bottles. Well, you can give bottles after two weeks, but if you just don't want to give a bottle, that's understandable. I don't want to give bottles. How do I use a cup? Well, that's a good question. They have these like tiny little cups that you can feed your baby breast milk in. Like if you're just topping them off, like let's say you hockered one boob or, you know, you're engorged. And so like maybe you pumped a little bit to like relieve the pressure out of one boob while you're feeding the other. And then like you want to like top baby off or maybe you know while you take you fed baby from one breast they're cluster feeding you fed them from the other breast and they're still screaming and you have a little bit that you've caught with a haka or pumped out and you've put in the fridge and you want your husband to give but you don't you guys don't want to introduce bottles they have these like little cups that you can feed newborns with and you just like just you can look at a video like google a video it's like really cute they like they know how to like drink out of an open cup and you just do it very very slowly. Truthfully, I really like the syringe method. There's like these little syringes. You can Google like um, lactation consultant syringes on Amazon and get them. And you can kind of like syringe a little bit into the, like the corner of their mouth. That way you're not like spilling milk. But hey, if you're an oversupplier and you got a good abundance of milk and you want daddy to give baby some milks that you can get sleep and you don't want to introduce bottles, a cup is a great option. And they have, like I said, they have those, you know, you can get them anywhere. Oh my God, this is a great question. How do I wean my, oh, how do I wean my toddler without getting mastitis? Well, you shouldn't, shouldn't get mastitis if you've been breastfeeding that. It depends. Okay. This is a very loaded question. Like a lot of people will ask me questions like this on Instagram and I'm like, okay, I should charge for this because as as a lactation, as a lactation expert, there's a lot of questions I ask in return. So how often are you still feeding the baby? Are you still feeding them every two to three hours, 24 hours a day? Are they weaned off of your breast at night and you're just feeding them in the morning or in once in the morning, once at night? Are you feeding them every four hours? Are you feeding them every six hours? Because that's going to determine if I feel like you would get mastitis and how to slowly wean them. What I like to say is you start with um, weaning, like the, the weaning the earlier feeds. So like when they wake up in the morning, you entertain them with breakfast. And if you're a, a TV, you know, person, then you put on a cartoon and let them eat breakfast. If you want to put a puzzle out there and let them do that, um, you know, it's easiest to entertain them in the morning and distract them from having a boob. So then you just wouldn't do that morning feed, right? And so you would extend it from whenever they, if they're still feeding at night, like let's say, you know, they ate at four o'clock in the morning and, or they're, they're eating twice at night, right? So they're eating like at midnight and then four o'clock in the morning and then they sleep. Then that 8am feeding that you would normally allow them to do, you would just not do that. And you would push it to like the noon one and you can let them do like a little bit, like five minutes, not a long feed. Right. And then you just like shorten the feeding time. So I say, get a timer. We have this little puppy timer that every time I try to wean my toddler, this is like a whole thing. This is like a whole, I should be documenting this. This is like a funny journey. Like I have literally weaned my toddler five times and then she's back on my breast. So it's a whole thing. 
Um, but get a timer, set the timer for like two minutes and they get two minutes. And when the timer goes off, they're done. Right. And so what that's going to do is that's going to help your breasts release milk, but it is also going to tell your breasts to not make as much milk anymore. Um, and so you will be helping relieve some. Now I want you to take showers and feel for lumps. And if you feel any lumps, then you massage those and you hand express them out. Um, you know, and then that way you don't get clogs, but really it's all about shortening the feeding time and pushing further in between feeding times. So if you're going four hours right now, I would push to six hours and then do six hours, you know, for five minutes or 10, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, ever, you know, for like a week or two. And then after you do that, then push to eight hours and then do another week at eight hours and then 10. It's like slowly weaning off medication. You don't want to just like, unless you're already going every 12 hours, if you're going 10 o'clock in the morning and then 10 o'clock at night, then cut out the morning feed. That's the easiest thing to do. So then you can give them the 10 o'clock at night feed and cut out the morning feed. Then eventually all you'll be doing is that one feed to put them to sleep at night. And the best way to wean that feed is, so this is my little trick. You can try other little tricks, but magic water or magic milk. So you can give them, you know, raw milk or, you know, whatever, you want to put in a cup, but water is probably best before bed. You don't want too much stuff on their teeth. Breast milk is antibacterial, so it's fine. But um, I would, if you have some frozen milk, you know, stashed up, make them a, a breast milk bottle or a sippy cup and let them have that. But I call it magic milk and magic milk comes out when the moon, go, when the moon comes up, the magic milk comes out or the magic water comes out. And so they don't need mommy's babas anymore. They can have magic water or magic milk. Um, you just make a game out of everything for them and it makes them love it. So Weaning the first thing in the morning feed is the easiest because you can just, you know, give them breakfast. I mean, for like a week, make them whatever they want, French toast, pancakes, whatever, whatever keeps them entertained off your breast. And then once you've weaned that morning feed, then you're good. You're not going to get mastitis just giving them milk once a day. It's your, it's like just a little bit coming out anyways. So, but then that night feed is for comfort. So you have to find something fun or comforting to replace that breast. So yeah, that's, it's a long drawn out answer and I'm sorry about that, but, um, you know, with, with the question, that's all I, that's all I really have to go off of. All right. So that's four, um, teething. What can I do? <laughs> that's, that's a very, uh, very general question. Teething dot, dot, dot. What can I do? <laughs> um, you can do a lot of things. So clove oil is amazing for the gums. If you're a holistic person, um, like myself, I call myself a scrunchy mom. Cause I definitely will use Motrin, you know, when I can tell that my toddler is in a lot of pain, you know, from gross spurts and it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm just like, Oh my God, babe, go make a syringe of Motrin, please. Um, but yeah, you can do. So Dr. Talbot's is amazing. They have these, um, calming chamomile tablets 
those you can give starting at newborn. They can literally, I think, or maybe it's three months. No, I think it's zero months. I think you can think it's their calming tablets. They're just chamomile. They're just chamomile that just melt in the mouth. And that really just kind of like helps calm them and soothe them. Um, teething and growing pains will definitely happen at night. So that's when you're going to see like, ow, 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 or constantly breastfeeding or crying or waking up, you know, inconsolable, you know, they're usually having gross spurt pains along with the teething pains. It's like, it's a whole thing. Their bones are growing, right? So, um, it's not comfortable. Um, you can do, you know, cold washcloths, you can get washcloths and get them wet and put them in your ice tray and then take them out and let them kind of chew and gnaw on those. Um, you can do breast milk. I love, so those little mesh, um, those little mesh teether things, you can put like fruit and bananas and avocado and things in, and they won't like choke on them. They, they have tiny little, um, ice cube silicone ball molds, right? And you can pump and fill those molds with breast milk, put them in the freezer, freeze them. And they're tiny little ice cubes and they fit inside of that mesh thing. And then you can let the baby kind of chew on frozen breast milk cubes. So it's like comforting to them. They're getting breast milk and it's cold. So they love that. Or you can like freeze some banana or freeze some, you know, whatever, if they're doing solid foods, if, if it's before six months or, you know, if it's before four months, it's probably not teething. It's probably that pre-teething I was talking about. Um, you can do the chamomile tablets. You can let them chew on cold things. Um, but the clove oil is really great for numbing. Um, the first two teeth to come in are those bottom two teeth usually. So, you know, you just rub a little, um, Maddie's, um, they have a chest rub too. Maddie's is a great brand. Um, they have clove oil. Uh, I mean, you can get clove oil anywhere, but, um, yeah, just rubbing some clove oil on their gums, anything cold and, um, teethers. I mean, I have a teething necklace on my registering recommendations on my website and that is incredible to wear out in public when your baby is teething because they literally would just grab it and just start gnawing on it. And you don't even have, you don't have to worry about them dropping a teether or eating their hands and freaking out. It's like, it's just a really cool necklace um, that you wear and it actually looks really cool and trendy with clothes. So <laughs> I really like it. Um, but yeah, teething sucks y'all. <laughs> it does. But I always say with growth spurts, with new teeth also comes leaps, you know, and so you get to see some really incredible and cute things that your baby is going to be doing. Um, teething goes all the way up until two years where they get their two year molars and the molars are pretty bad because that's like four, four points coming in, you know, and they usually will run a little bit of a fever and all of that. So Dr. Talbot's also has a all, all natural pain and fever reducer too. So, um, it's all homeopathic. So if you're a homeopathic person, um, that's a really great thing to look into. If you're not, then, you know, when your baby's over six months, you can definitely do Motrin. I, I would try not to do Motrin too much. Tylenol, I don't touch. I don't go near Tylenol. Um, acetaminophen is just not good on our liver. Um, I'm sure Motrin isn't the best either. Like I said, I use it very sparingly. Um, like if the natural stuff isn't cutting it, isn't working, you know, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm so happy you guys send me these questions. Try to elaborate just a little bit more. I just went through and picked like five really quickly. I have a lot more for 
uh, episode 25 and episode 30, but um, I'm always looking for some really, really, really good questions. So you guys, please email me, uh, go to my website, contact me, go to Instagram at Emmy Robin Dula, go to Facebook at Emmy Robin Dula. Just hit me up. I would love to hear your questions and answer them. And yeah, I love you guys. Um, if you are expecting, you can do this, go back, listen to episode one all the way through. I can't believe I've done 20 episodes. You guys, this is like, I want to cry. I'm like, so it's insane. I have to find time with two kids and no nanny and no housekeeper and no, you know, it's like my husband works crazy full-time job and I, I'm just trying to like do what I love to do. And I just want to like educate and empower and do this podcast. It is so much freaking fun for me. If you hate it, I'm sorry. If I piss you off, I'm sorry. But for those of you that, you know, I've empowered and you listen and you're, you know, fans, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Like, seriously, like I have so much imposter syndrome. You don't even understand. Like I almost quit after episode 10, but I just had to keep going and keep going and keep going. And I am going to have more birth stories on my father just recently passed away. The girls had RSV. It was just like a whole crazy season starting with the beginning of, well, actually starting with Halloween. That's when my dad started going downhill again. And yeah. So I haven't really had time to have guests over at my house. Um, that's where I do my podcast. I wish I could figure out how to do the Zoom thing. I will eventually, but that just takes more Googling and YouTubing and learning how to do stuff. I had to teach myself everything, how to how to podcast, how to edit, how to post, how to this, how to that. So I will learn. I will learn. But uh, I will have more birth stories um, very soon. I'm, I think I'm going to have like three of my um, mama's on like back to back to back. So then that way I can just have those episodes lined up. I'm going to have other amazing guests. I have a pelvic floor therapist coming on. I have, um, someone who does amazing somatic healing with scars and she's going to actually give me, um, a treatment on my C-section scar. And then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what she does and just the incredible work that she does. Um, yeah, I just, I have a lot of guests lined up. So hopefully 2024 is going to be a good one. I think I have one more podcast in 2023 and then 2024, I want to come out of the gates blazing woohoo, with some info, but yeah, I love you guys. And just remember to trust your body and trust your baby. Have a good one.